I simply didn't feel it was worth it to invest that time to be able to run a marathon, I guess, correctly. I don't know if there is a correctly. <laughs> I think correctly is finishing what I did. So, um... Welcome to episode 11 of Audio Stew, a podcast where I talk about things that matter with people I care about. My name is Kurt. What you just heard was a small snippet of a conversation I had with my best friend about self-discipline um, and what it means to exercise control over your body and to train it to behave a certain way um, in order to be a more healthy and wholesome person. It's a very long discussion. We go through a wide variety of stories and lessons that my friend has learned over the years from all the the simple little changes he's made to his life to uh, be more disciplined or to all the extreme examples where he's tested the limits of his body and uh, and his mind. So it was a very interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy and let's get rolling. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Audio Stew. Um, Today, I have another, uh, technically, another former classmate of mine, but I generally don't think of him as that. Um, Who who is with me on the other end of the microphone? The one and only Jonathan Dockweiler. That's who is here. Finally getting on the podcast. There you go. That, there you go. <laughs> I should say the other end of the microphone. We're, we're, we're recording online. Um, yeah, no. So John and I have been friends for a very long time. Um, are we we got to be getting close to like 15 years. Is that right? Something like that. Uh, yeah, it had to be when you came back from Arkansas, whenever that was. But yeah, 16, 16 years, I'd say. I don't remember much before that. I think I think maybe we like hung out a few times, but yeah, fifteen years of of being neighbors all the way to uh, being roommates last year. A lot changes. <laughs> oh man, I, that's that is a lot in fifth minute. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. Okay, um, so yes, fifteen, sixteen years, something like that. We've been best friends. Um, and yeah, we were neighbors, lived just down the street. And then last year, we both went to UNK and roomed together freshman year. Um, go Lopers. Go Lopes. Woo! Um, but yeah, I this has been a little bit awkward for me because I'm like, oh, I should have John on like right away. That, like he's the first guy I should have on like and then i was like but we we've already talked about like everything (laughs) like what what are we gonna talk about i don't so anyway i eventually though i i did think of a topic we haven't i don't know we've talked about it a lot but we haven't like specifically talked about it like had an extended conversation about it i don't think so before we keep going, though, John, is there we we need to know a little bit more about you. OK, so what would be your uh, formal slash informal? I don't know. Call it whatever you want. What would be your own introduction of yourself beyond John and Kurt's best friend? 
Oh, okay. Um, formal, informal introduction. 20 years old, um, college student, as we already mentioned, uh, down at UNK. Uh, I'm studying marketing, technically business administration, but emphasis in marketing, um, which has been fun so far, but it's all gen ed. So, I mean, I haven't really done much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love doing new things, adventurous things. Uh, I love going hammocking. Those little travel hammocks are the best. Everybody should get one. Um, just got a camera, so that's exciting. Who knows? That that could open tons of doors. We'll see where that takes me. But yeah, just kind of live. Oh, and I, I farm in the summers. So I'm a farm hand, driving tractors, working in the heat. All the All the stereotypes apply. Other than I don't have a straw hat or, or a girlfriend or a big truck, but all the other stereotypes apply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's both formal and informal, right there. That is the, the wonderful introduction. Thank you, John. What is our topic though that we have yet to discuss? Wow, that's a great question, random listener. Um, we are going to be talking about discipline. Uh, discipline, I know this because I'm an English major, so I need to know things, uh, has many different definitions. The one that we're going to be talking about today primarily will be self-discipline, which the definition I thought of for that, I should have actually just looked up a real definition, but you know, uh, I was going to say self-discipline is training your mind and your body to behave a certain way in order to strengthen your whole well-being. Would you agree with that definition, John, of self-discipline? Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty pretty good definition. Um, yeah, it's being able to overcome any weakness or temptation, being set in your ways and doing what's right, no matter like what it is, would be a even broader definition. But it's definitely for your well-being. I like that part that you had. Why, thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. John, I've always admired John's uh, a much, I would say, a much more determined person than me. Now, I've, I think because I've seen it so much, I've tried to step up my game a little bit. Um, but you've still outpace me in a lot of ways as far as like being disciplined in your life and i think that's really cool and so well not the fact that you know you've outpaced me but that you are disciplined <laughs> um but i think it's a really cool thing to talk about so let's just kind of jump right in starting with just discipline in general um like i said there are multiple definitions so uh you know we might talk about I don't know if these will pop up, but I need to clarify them now just in case so people aren't lost. Uh, other types of discipline would include, like, if you're a parent or someone in authority, right, you might have to discipline someone for, like, poor behavior or to try and teach them a lesson, kind of. Um, what else would, What else is there, John, as far as different types of discipline? Yeah, if you speak old English, you could, what you do as a job, you could be that would be your discipline. So if you're a carpenter, that's your discipline because you abide by the rules and standards of carpentry. I think that's the word, carpentry. 
It is. But that one's not used as much today. Okay. So, yeah. Just to clarify, there are different types, and we may or may not intermingle them. Uh, But I guess we'll see. But we're going to focus on self-discipline. So... I want to know, John, why does self-discipline matter? Yeah, um, I think that self-discipline is probably the most important quality that a person can have to really be able to tell or be able to see how their life will go, whether it'll be um, harder or easier, or if they'll be able to do certain things, or if they'll be overcome and just kind of wash out um discipline has a very big impact on just how somebody lives and it's it's kind of i think there's a quote or something about uh self-discipline is just character and action it's that mindfulness um to be able to do things that you want to do so it's very important in general just to let um it it defines what you do and why you do it and that is something that I feel is missing from a lot of people in our in today's culture in America, 2020. So it's something we can grow in. It's something we can get better in. Um, it's something that a lot of people don't think about right away either. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. dive into it. What about like you personally? Like I get why why you think it matters in general. Like it's a kind of reveals like your character in a lot of ways um and what you value um but for you personally what has made you like so determined to like be a disciplined person or to be a driven person yeah um go way back i was thinking about this because you're super prepared on this podcast so i had all day to think about it and (laughs) i think the earliest example would be, it's a stupid one. It's elementary. We'd run a mile every year. I don't know how many, how many other schools did it. Kurt, did you ever, did you ever run with us on that ever? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think I ran it twice. Um, I was, I was pretty slow. I think I ran like a, I don't know, like an 840 or something like that. I remember you and, (laughs) you and, you and, you and uh ryan i think just like destroyed everyone is like you yeah. got into six minutes are you insane <laughs> Something like that. yeah so there's this elementary mile and we'd run it once a year and the whole elementary would run it on the same day really big deal um and i'm somewhat talented of a runner but <laughs> i realized early on that if i trained if I trained for this one mile, I'd be much better than all the other kids that did not, that had not been running. So two, three weeks out, Mm -hmm. whenever I'd find out we're going to run the mile here soon, I would go out and I would run. We have half section on the road, half mile section. So I'd go run down and then back. And I would do that every day to lead up to it with, (laughs) I think I even bought my own stopwatch to time myself. Um, Really? And so then, yeah, when race day would come, I would run and I would do really well. And everybody would be like, oh, you're so fast. It's amazing. And so 
I think that's the, one of the earliest examples of discipline to go out and do something nobody else was to then reap the rewards later. Now, is total totally bad motivation because it's all stemming from pride and wanting myself to be glorified and all that. But from from pretty young age, I realized that if I was driven, if I worked hard, I was going to be able to accomplish way more than say the opposite and just doing the bare minimum. So that's that's the the earliest example. I'm also the youngest child in my family, which I think plays a role into some of it. Because uh, if I wanted to play sports, if I wanted to do stuff with my siblings, I had to keep up, mm-hmm. um, which just means hard work and trying even harder than, say, other people my age that didn't have that. So playing basketball with my older brother, three years older than me, I could do it, but I was always getting beat and therefore driving me to be better and to try to get better and better to where now I dunk on him all the time. <laughs> well, not really. I, I, I can't that, dunk. Sure. <laughs> I wish I could dunk on him. I, I one of these days we're going to play pickup ball and I'm going to I'm going to dunk on him and that will, that'll make up. So see even even today I'm still driven by some bad motives there. <laughs> um but uh, so those those early instances I think um along with good parenting that taught me to do stuff well and to do it right mm-hmm. um really were like the the building blocks of what has come today to be much more serious and um to really determine how i live and why i live to where i'm asking why and and looking for the purposes why am i doing this can i cut anything out to be more to be more effective for my goal which as a christian Mm-hmm. um is serving and following Christ. And so that that has really led to some awesome realizations and to some cutting things out and trying new things and and that kind of stuff with discipline. So personally, those are just some some factors. Um but then as being being a Christian, a lot of it comes from scripture and diving into the word. Um, there's a lot of verses um, in the Old Testament and New Testament about discipline, self-control, um, that really prioritize it. I think Proverbs uh, mentions it a few times, both discipline and self-control, um, which is just a great book. So just little nuggets of wisdom mm-hmm. throughout that whole book. Um, I think one verse, I think it's like Proverbs 5. Uh, let's see here, 22. It even says that, well, I'll just read the whole verse. Uh, The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of sin. He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he is led astray. So that's talking about the man that is lured by adulterous, uh, by a sexual temptation. And it's very clear he dies for lack of discipline, lack of self-control. He doesn't have the willpower to overcome and do what is right, and so he falls into sin, and and he's he's trapped by the sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so right there in the Old Testament, there's several more like it. Um, that discipline is a serious thing, and it does have consequences, and it does have benefits, whether or not you'll be trained by it. So recently, and I'm sure as we go on and talk, um, 
a lot of my motivation for being disciplined comes directly from the Bible and from the mission that as Christians we should be on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's personally just brief touch on a few things. I don't know if there's anything you'd add to that or questions you got just from that little bit. Yeah. So I would agree that, well, first off, thank you. That was a good, that was a good summary of everything. Uh, definitely. It's a, a large focus in the Bible. Um, thinking about, you'll probably talk about these later, I'm assuming, but in the new Testament, there's some stuff with Paul talking about, um, training and also mm-hmm. I think maybe uh, in James uh, talking about perseverance maybe uh, at the start of James that's, that's a little bit different but similar ideas I think um, yeah discipline plays a role in perseverance and endurance yeah I want to go back a tiny bit uh, so you you did a really good job of outlining like what initially motivated you in being disciplined versus what motivates you now in being disciplined. But I'm curious uh, what your answer would be then to disciplining yourself like in the same ways or yeah, like in the same areas, but with a different motivation. So like if you were to... Um, because you still like to work out a lot and stuff, right? So what would be your new motivation now to go running regularly, like to stay in shape or whatever? Like what's the motivation behind that discipline versus it used to be like, hey, look at how fast I can go. Yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, Yeah, initially, um, I've always been decently fit, did sports. I'm a huge competitor. Um, I like to win. Um, so that drove a lot of my actions. I was in the gym working out, shooting baskets on the side to make sure I could be a better basketball player. I was running 200 plus miles in the summer just for cross country season. Mm-hmm. Um, just some crazy, crazy thing. Like these are, this is hours we're talking about, um, that I would put aside for that self glory for that. Hey, look at me for that this is who I am. I'm, I'm a good runner. I'm a good player. I'm a good, these things. And I was able to get stuff done, but I can't say I always enjoyed those hours versus now I'm still doing similar things. I'm out of high school, not doing sports, which I think has actually helped me a bit, not, um, be so focused on myself. Um, which maybe I needed to be way better when I played sports. I'm not sure, but, um, Now, my motivation to doing that thing is God has given me this body for a reason. He has given me these abilities um, for a reason. And I love being in healthy shape and and being able to feel good. Because if I physically feel good, that enables me to do more things mentally and spiritually. And so there's there's motivation to keep that running to help these other areas go well because I'm just always tired, if I'm not getting the sleep I need, if I'm not like everything just hurts, like that's going to affect other areas of my life that I want to improve. Um, So that's a huge motivation. And then I also am just blown away continuously. We'll get to some examples 
of how much our body can actually do. Like God has packed our body full of these amazing things, how quickly it can heal, how quickly uh, it builds muscle, how you can learn your brain can muscle memory things to where you can shoot a free throw and be really consistent. You can <laughs> go on long runs and your muscles just know what to do. You can, I learned a backflip recently on a trampoline. Like it just blows me away uh, how beautiful God's creation is specifically in our own bodies as humans. Um, so all these motivations are now why I'm going out and doing these fun things. And it takes the pressure off of trying to make a name for myself. It takes, um, it basically just removes me as the focus and then puts it back on the God, on the creator, and it glorifies him. And that just feels way better when I'm doing it mm-hmm. um, versus when I was doing it all for myself and for what other people thought of me. Um, and so that's that's a huge difference. That's really affected how I do things. Um, still doing similar things, but I'm doing it way differently. Gotcha. Gotcha. The reason I asked you that was because I, I kind of, I was anticipating what you were going to say. And part of it was uh, like, I recently, you know, I, like I said, I haven't done probably as much as you have in this area, but like when I tried to, I made a video about trying to like do running and rock climbing for like a month. And that was one thing that I really noticed was, man, when I like, physically feel good like it's so much easier to have like a productive day um and to really get a lot of stuff done mm-hmm. um the other thing i would kind of want to touch on is like i don't think or to clarify rather is i don't think like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be like a great runner or to like really pursue those those kind of things. I think the biggest thing is your motivation behind it. Right. Cause I mean, even you yourself, like you still are a runner and stuff, but you're not like necessarily doing it competitively, but I still don't think it's wrong to do, to be a, a competitive runner. I think it's who, who's getting like the praise and those kind of things. Like, is this just to, to build up your yourself or to build others up, you know, some stuff along those lines. Do you have any like thoughts in that area? I guess. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, definitely. It's, it's not wrong to be a good runner or, um, to master something physically. Um, and with mastering anything, there will be human praise in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very cautiously warn everybody, don't get caught up in that praise. Don't start wrapping your identity where, Jonathan Dockweiler, runner, that goes together. Like, Because as soon as that running fails, as soon as whatever you're doing fails, then you yourself will fail because that's who you are. You've tied it to the wrong thing. Um, instead of tying it to who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Um, and so, yeah, I love running. I love doing things. I'm trying to learn new stuff, handstands. You mentioned rock climbing. That is so much fun. People got a gym anywhere. Go to it. It's great. Rock climbing is the only way I can use my uh, my, my my arms, even though you're supposed to use your legs. But, you know, it's it's great. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, you're good. There's so many good things out there. Um, 
but we as humans naturally fall into uh, trying to make it about ourselves or make something define us that shouldn't. So make sure your priorities are right. Make sure that you're not going out and running to lift yourself up, but rather you're going out to run because you want to, you want to um, want to praise God for giving you that ability or for doing stuff like that. Um, and it, it can spiral to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to be a good runner and praise God. And that is who you wrap your identity around. And you can almost like kind of do the, the, the full cycle to where you're actually doing it for yourself again, even though you're trying to claim to doing it for yeah. somebody else. I've found myself doing that, um, before I, it's hard to explain that. Cause it's like, but where you're, you're saying you're doing it for one reason and you're just saying that because other people around you will like that reason. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at that. I'm a good person again. Um, and so <laughs> it's, yeah, when you go to motivations, uh, it takes time and you got to really sit down and go, why am I doing this? And really look at it and uh, don't don't feel afraid to start taking away some different areas of, you know what, normally I, I go run with lots of people. So they see how well I run, take that away, go run by yourself. Will you still do it? Will you still try to weed out, try to find why you're doing something and, and make sure it's right. Cause if it's not right, you're, you can be wasting your time. Um, but it could be setting you up for later realization and change too. So, I mean, nothing we do will ruin God's plan. So that's, that's the comfort there. <laughs> that, that is always that is always true. You always got that to fall back on. Strive for perfection, but know the person who was perfect. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. majorly important. You you kind of talked about how people can like wrap up their identity in it. And also you talked about um, saying you're doing it for one reason, but like actually not doing it for that reason. I think one of the easiest examples of like, explaining that idea is just to look at like celebrity athletes um where you can see like these people are at the top of their game right they've mastered this they've mastered like the physical discipline of this is how you like play football or basketball or what have you right and then you can see a lot of times how it can totally like destroy an athlete right where if they wrap everything they are into that like, this is my identity. And then like, you know, you freak accident, you break your leg or something. And now you can't play your sport. Like, that's a big thing that happens. Also, the flip side where you have all these, a lot of times on TV, you'll see like athletes that, you know, they get interviewed after the game and they're just like, you know, all praise be to God or whatever. Um, that's a very tricky thing where you obviously do not like, at least most of us, like we don't know these people in person, right? We don't know what their actual motivation is. But I think you're right where it can be like, do I just say, if I say the right things about this is why I'm doing it, then it gives me more praise or even not even saying it out loud, but like thinking that this is why I'm doing it. But if you were to self-evaluate, you'd realize, no, I'm actually doing this for myself still so it's a discipline's like a really tricky thing so i think you've you've touched on a lot of good good aspects of it though 
Yep, it's it's definitely identity is huge, and the easiest way to tell is take that thing away and look at who you are without it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope and I pray that if God was to take away my physical ability and tomorrow or even tonight, that I will still be able to look at Him and praise Him for what He has done, and to keep living. Um, the life planned for me and so i i'm i'm hoping that's the case now with such extreme what ifs as that i i can't say for certain because mm-hmm. i i know how easy i fall um but that's the mindset i try to get into and in most things i try to do um before i even do them because if i can get to that point in my mind it's a lot easier to stay on focus instead of getting wrapped up into this is this is who I am and this is what defines me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I mean we we've kind of we've we've sort of veered off into more of like talking about identity and stuff, but I think it really mm-hmm. is important to talk about because it's like I think has a direct correlation with self-discipline, right? How you how you view yourself, how you view the world and like everything depends on like your mindset behind it so if like your motivation for staying disciplined vastly changes depending on like the underlying motivations exactly and so with discipline uh you can do it for many different reasons um that are going to yield different results uh so hopefully hopefully we can get the right the right motivation and and dive in and just really um grow in discipline and in being disciplined so yeah we did veer off a little bit but it's it's always good to look at the purpose behind why you do something uh before you do it mm-hmm. so i don't think mm-hmm. it's a bad <laughs> a too bad of veer it's not too bad of bunny trail rabbit trail whatever you can call it it's it's a mild bunny trail, but it was a bunny trail that kind of like weaved out and then like weaved back in and now we're good to go. You know, it didn't like go off and yeah. it didn't go home and never come back like it, it came back to the point. Let's actually go go forward, though. So. Uh, what about the simple things like what in terms of lifestyle and routine have you done to start exercising discipline? Um, we've obviously already talked about, uh, you, you mentioned running, right? That's a big one. Uh, and just working out and trying new things. That's weird where you have a, you have a routine of trying new things, but I guess that still counts. Um, yep. <laughs> what, what else you got? Uh, yeah. Uh, before I jump into some practical things, um, okay. a verse will tie into some practical things really well. Um, and so first Corinthians nine, 24 through 26. Um, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians. Um, and this is just a little excerpt. The whole chapter gives more context. Um, but he writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Um, I 
I love this verse. You can't really talk about self-discipline or self-control without talking about this verse um, because Paul is laying out um, a simple parallel between earthly competitions and striving for a goal to, as a Christian, our, our imperishable wreath, like our forever goal that's always there and how much greater that is. Um, so with little things, I've really worked hard to take my mindset off of earthly things and put them onto eternal things um, to the point that I am trying to limit uh, with cell phones. Um, I, <laughs> I find myself easily distracted. So my social media apps all have timers on them. Um, because I love social media. I love connecting with friends through it. I love sharing what I'm doing. I love encouraging. Like It's pretty cool, but I have a hard time staying on task, staying focused. Um, I easily veer off into the scrolling through memes and just laughing and just <laughs> not doing anything, not anything productive, um, which mm. I think we've all been there. Maybe it's just me. I... I I hope it's just me. That would be awesome if all you guys are killing it. <laughs> uh, I think I think we've opened it. Okay, yeah. And probably. I think we're all human. But I've put timers on my apps for each day. And I've tried to determine what's the time I need to do the things I want to do, like encourage, like stay in touch, like um, all these different things directly with my friends and people that I know in person. Um, and I try to set that so if I do start wandering, I know that at some point this app is going to shut off and I won't be able to do the things I really actually intend on doing. Um, so that's mm -hmm. one way I've, I've helped myself try to be disciplined. It's that tool. Um, and then as I do that, I'm finding easier and easier to stay away from, from those temptations of just mind-numbing scrolling. Um, and so that's it's that making sure you have a task and I'm much more concerned about um, these relationships and especially uh, with my Christian friends and being able to encourage them in Christ, like especially those because those are those are eternal things I'm building into, not just getting a smile or a laugh from some crazy meme or a crazy video, even though <laughs> they, they can be quite funny. Um but that's not my main purpose. That's not my main goal while I'm here on earth. So that's a huge one I've done that has really helped. Um, I've done just recently, uh, I've been waking up earlier and depending on who you are and how you live and who you got around and what time, like in college, I did not go to bed very early. I kind of just woke up whenever. So I get to class. I woke up early enough to be able to have some time before class. Um, but that was because I was loving on, <laughs> loving on, on my friends and taking care of them and really spending time with them when they were awake, which is really late. Cause I mean, college is that <laughs> college is that way. That's when all the good deals are out, out at shops. We had some crazy times. Um, oh, we did. I can't wait to go back. Um, but coming back for the summer with all this nonsense, well, not nonsense. The craziness is a better word. Um, that's just out of my control. I was like, you know what? I need to dial in some routine for myself. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've been getting up early and 
because I don't have those late, there's no reason for me to be up past 9.30, 10 o'clock, like no reason. And I find myself much more productive in the morning than I do at night after work, after farming, when I'm all tired, I don't want to do much. And so I've found when I've been productive and I've really um, gone for it. So I'd highly suggest getting a routine uh, time to get up every day uh, is another thing because just scientifically, like physically, your body does better with a good routine. Um, I can't think of the word for the cycle. Circadian, uh, circadian rhythm, maybe. Um, I'll look it up and double for check it. your sleep cycle. Yeah, double check. I think it's circadian. Oh, that sounds like the little bug that makes lots of noise in the summer. That's, oh, a, that's cicada. a cicada. Yeah. That's something different. But it's it's scientifically like shown that your body does so much better with the routine in sleep. And that kind of goes back to earlier. We mentioned how when you feel good physically, it will affect you mentally. And when you feel good mentally, it'll affect how you feel spiritually and how you're able to dive into things. And so I found that huge just to be wake up early. Um, I go do stuff physical outside to help stay awake because I don't wake up super easily. Um, I'm getting better at it, but I, I could sleep all morning if I really wanted to. I feel like if I let myself, um, and so yeah, go listen to the birds. Nobody's texting me because it's early. Like it's great. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's another simple thing. And that's strictly to be more intentional with my morning and getting my day off on that right foot, reading the Bible, praying, um, getting a little exercise in so that my day just goes so much smoother. And that's another thing that goes back to that investing in imperishable goods. Um, and so let's see, what is that? Two, two examples I've got so far. Yeah. I mean, if you got more, keep going, but that's good for now. If you either way is fine. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful how much you're on your phone and get good sleep. Uh, those are two biggest ones that just come to my mind immediately that with discipline has completely changed how I live um, mm-hmm. compared to waking up late, barely getting to work on time, coming home, watching YouTube till it's super late and then doing it over again. Like there's just not much content. There's not much getting done in that day, even though I am working and I'm helping other, like I'm helping my boss farm. But like there's just, and when you, when I look back on those days, it's nothing I'm proud of. There's nothing that stands out uh, other than a lot of laziness compared to getting up, being mindful of what I'm doing, when I'm on my phone, what am I doing? Just so many things that I've been blessed by being able to uh, set limits and control. So I highly encourage everybody to at least take a look at it, start finding that, that good zone to be in where you're utilizing technology but not abusing it awesome i'm usually like the uh the the guinea pig for a lot of your your ideas and so like or the second (laughs) guinea pig rather where you've already proven it works and so you harp it on me to get get my act together and get rolling on it and i gotta say man it you're you're usually right like it's your your success rate is pretty high so i'd encourage anyone else out there it's (laughs) usually it's pretty good advice um as far as different things you've talked about uh 
yes, it is called the uh, circadian circle or not circle. What am I saying? Circadian rhythm. That's what I was trying to say, um, which is the what yep. the whole idea of you know a circle, right? It just goes around and around and around. Um, I liked the the part you said about the like no one being on social media and really early in the morning. I think you've you've talked to me about about that before, but I think it's a really good point where like you can really just stay off of it, right? Because no one's posted anything new at like six AM or something. Unless all your friends are super awesome and up that early too. Yeah. Maybe maybe in a year after everybody's listening to this podcast, oh, you might have a problem, but we'll just we'll deal yeah, with it then. For now for now you're good. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. But yeah, I I can leave my phone in my room, go do what I need to do and come back and nobody's message. Like I'm not going to miss anything. If you do that during the day, people know I have the phone and like, it's not a bad thing. I need to talk to them. I need to do that stuff, but it's just an easy distraction that my mind just, Oh, we're off subject. Now I'm not doing what I wanted to do. So yeah, morning's great for that. The other interesting thing is that, uh, establishing a like a good routine is obviously very helpful but but what i think a lot of people don't realize is that if you don't establish a good routine you might be think like you might be thinking like oh i'm fine like i'm just winging it i'm just doing whatever i want to do every day you know it's great more realistically you probably do have a routine and it's a bad routine like like you talked about with um going to work late and then like oh i'm now i'm tired and i want to be on youtube but then i'm up late and then so by not establishing a routine you kind of fall prey to probably establishing like a bad routine um i don't know would you agree with that yeah yeah for sure (laughs) you're you're getting into a rhythm no matter what you're doing uh, and if you're not mindful of that, you have no control. You have no self-control over what you're doing. Um, so the mindfulness comes into a big part uh, just to encourage with with verses that will sum it up better than all my talking. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Um, Ephesians 5 and 6 are probably some of the most challenging verses for me to like to try to live by because they're just very... Mm-hmm um simple yet yet <laughs> strict not not strict what's the word i'm looking for it's simple but hard for me to do because of my of my sin and my selfishness but ephesians 5 15 through 18 is look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the lord is um it goes on there but that really sums up um, kind of the first part. First part of discipline is is coming from making the best use of your time and realizing the days are evil. And I want to walk as a wise and understand what the will of the Lord is. Like those are huge goals and great goals to to then take your normal life and apply to those things. So that's something that just popped up as we're talking about it. Um, cause I think mm-hmm. it sums it up very well. Yeah. To, to have each day, um, be thinking about those things. I, yeah. <laughs> um, 
time is short. Like you need to make each day count kind of. Um, and so really considering your actions and what impact they'll have on you and have on others. Like, I think that's really important. Um, another thing I was thinking about with, when you mentioned earlier, like this was just kind of in passing that you mentioned this, but how like the world, you know, the world's kind of crazy right now, right? There's all this, uh, virus stuff going on. Like everybody's a little panicky and stuff um yeah very different than normal routines right now yeah yeah for sure and part of part of that why discipline is so important is like when the world is crazy like in the midst of the chaos right you there's a ton of things in your life that are like outside of your control like i mean in the very the very broad sense like everything is outside of your control right it's in god's control (laughs) oh yeah how much rain have we got this weekend? It's like yeah, <laughs> six inches. We didn't control how much rain and why our ditches are full of water, why some fields are half flooded. Like there's so much out of our control. The the old uh, NC Lake hasn't quite come back yet, but there's a little offshoot of it by the <sighs> soccer field. Um, uh, I know but... people are wakeboarding in ditches, so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's definitely a bunny trail. Back back to we're out of control. Take it away, Kurt. So the point I want to make with that, though, which you kind of already have made it, is just that when everything is out of control, right, in the midst of the chaos, that's why self-discipline is so important is because, like, the one thing you can control are your own actions, right? Where, man, everything mm-hmm. is crazy right now. So what am I going to do? Like, oh, I'm going to be crazy with everybody else. No, that's a terrible idea. Like... Right now is the time to actually sit down and be like, hey, how can I stabilize my life like to help out the people who are like really struggling with all the craziness going on? And I mean, that's kind of not that's not even like obviously 2020 is is nuts, but like that's still just life in general. Like, yeah, discipline has a huge effect on how you react to adverse um circumstances or just anything where if you're disciplined if you you got a straight path forward if you know um where your hope lies craziness can come and you're not gonna waver like (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. you're gonna keep doing what you've been doing you might change how you're doing it but you're doing the same thing for the same reasons and that security that steadfastness is huge um in a spiritual sense and then even say somebody not spiritual but has discipline in how they do stuff like that's a huge huge sell point to maintaining a job to getting promoted to doing all these different things um because you're reliable and you aren't going to lose your head every time something comes up and you're just oh he's all crazy again because you you have that sure sureness to you um which is another reason why discipline is just so important is it affects your actions, but it also affects your reactions when something out of your control pops up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Affects actions and reactions, both, both indeed. Yeah. Even, um, this goes back a little bit to like, we talked about earlier with identity and mindset, right? Where, 
like even when crazy crazy things happen to you like you know legit like if you were um if you were a pro athlete and you you broke like a bone or something and now you can't play right where you had all this discipline for your body obviously but now do you have the discipline of mind to be like hey i'll i'll be fine moving forward like is your instant reaction going to be oh my life is shattered like i can't do anything or is it going to be like all right how do we move forward from here um and obviously you know there are some really like severe things that happen to people i'm not saying like you could never be shocked by anything, even if you are disciplined, right? Some things take time, but I think the overall direction of your life um, can be very easily like affected by the amount of discipline you have. Yep, for sure, for sure. Let's we, let, let's actually keep moving forward here, though. Um, we've kind of talked about a little bit of the, like the simple things um, as far as just lifestyle routine. We've talked about why it matters. Let's talk about some stories though. Okay. Let's get into the, the extreme cases. <laughs> I'm trying to clear a couple things. So first of all, um, you did mention this already as far as like you mentioned earlier, you like to see how far your body can go um, just to, just to kind of honestly like marvel at how incredible like the body has been designed. Um, and I think each case you probably had a slightly different reason behind it um, for each of these things we're going to talk about. So I think we'll talk about that more when we talk about each case. Uh, mm-hmm. But the one thing I wanted to clarify is that like testing your body does not mean being stupid. Okay, like it's not like John jumped off a cliff just to see if his body like could survive the pull. All right, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. So yeah, that's not discipline there. That's uh, that's insanity. <laughs> you're not you're you you may seem slightly insane, but you're not like you've researched these things, you've thought about them a lot, right? Your your goal is not to to harm your body, right? It's to it's to train it and to uh strengthen it i suppose so does is that is that clear does that work it's it will we'll clear it up through the stories yeah we'll make sure we can we'll touch on it probably a little bit more but you're good okay okay that works then first one this one just happened a couple weeks ago if i remember right maybe three weeks ago two weeks ago i don't remember for sure may 9th it's may 9th Gotcha. Running a marathon without training. That was what occurred on May 9th, 2020 for John Dockweiler. The very the very notion sounds insane. And yes, we did say extreme cases. John John's a little extreme. He likes to go big or go home. I'll let I'll let you tell the story though. Why did you do such an absurd thing? How did it all go down? What's the what's the scoop? Yeah, so May 9th is when I woke up pretty early and went and I had some friends and short story, I'll tell you a longer story in a bit, is I ran 26.2 miles. Uh it took me a long it took me about the whole morning to do it. Um 
But to back up why on earth I would ever do that, especially without training specifically for a marathon. Um, so without training, I had been, <laughs> I'd run in the mornings like a mile, most mornings just to wake up and part of my exercise. Um, but that in no way to me considers mm-hmm. training for 26 of them in a row. Uh, that doesn't for me either. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that would for most people. But I want to clarify, I'd, I hadn't been eating potato chips for like five months before running this. Um, okay. So I've always wanted to run a marathon because I've just kind of blown away by other people doing it. My sister's done it. Um, I've watched people do it. I've watched crazy record times. The one, I'm going to say his name wrong, the Kichobi. Oh. No, Kichobi. He's insane. I don't know. With Nike, ran under two hours with pacers and everything. Like he's running faster miles than I ever could just one mile. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, crazy, crazy talented. And I, I don't have that slow of a mile. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with my mile time, but, <laughs> uh, so I've marveled and I've appreciated this crazy thing. And even the origin of a marathon, look it up. It's kind of crazy. I think the dude died actually. Um, but I'm oh. <laughs> not a historian. Um, <laughs> Something with battle and running, and he had to let the other people know. Oh, you're talking about the battle marathon? No, the dude ran a marathon to tell the city that they won and not to surrender to the Navy. Uh, but once he delivered the message, he collapsed and died. Um, and it was 26.2 miles. That's why a marathon is 26.2 miles. That's how far he had to run, the messenger. I'm not sure when this was. It was okay. way back, way back. I don't. I don't think the Battle of Marathon is actually where this is from, but maybe it is. No. If you're I, a history person, look it up. <laughs> yeah, just origin of marathon. Spend ten minutes on Google. Have fun. Um, but I've marveled at this thing and I've wanted to do it. Um, and so that was kind of just kind of on the radar during college a little bit. I wanted to do it. Um, but I tend to be a pretty busy person. I'm doing tons of different things with tons of different people. So to set time aside to train for a marathon, which includes running day after day, long distances that take hours upon hours to do, um, I simply didn't feel it was worth it to invest that time to be able to run a marathon, I guess, correctly. I don't know if there is a correctly. I think correctly is finishing, which I did. So, um, but unorthodox, very unorthodox in how I did it. So in school, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Kurt, but at work, I was talking to one of my coworkers and we were working campus rec. So sitting at a desk, checking people in tons of fun. You get to see all your friends. Um, mm-hmm. we were talking and I was like, I brought up the idea of just going out and running a marathon to them. And they thought it was crazy, but they were like, yeah, you probably could do it, um, <laughs> which is kind of crazy of them to say, but it gave me that that push that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this at some point. I'm just going to run a marathon. It gave me the confidence and the plan to, you know what? I'm just going to do it without training. So I had a Saturday. I was going to do it. I was going to do it that Saturday. Um, I had it planned out. I was going to run to like the the unk not unk the carney arch and on the trails and stuff just maybe going to recruit somebody to bike with me i hadn't got that far but then the wind was like 30 miles per hour that day 
Um, and if you've ever gone running, you don't want to run in strong wind like that, especially long distances. No, you didn't. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no, not today. I didn't train. It's not like I'm going to miss anything. So fast forward in a couple months and I still hadn't got it done. Uh, cause that initial rush of, I'm just going to do it kind of faded. Um, but it came back up back home farming for the summer, even though I was kind of technically in school yet doing online classes. And I was like, you know what? I should, I should do this again. And no, not again. I, I should actually do it. Uh, so school was going to get out. Um, and then it would be that first Saturday right after school was done. So I'd have all my homework done. I could suffer the consequences of running 26.2 miles, but yet it wasn't super hot summer yet. It's just everything kind of lined up good to try it then. Uh, so I contacted Kurt and then Ben, uh, he's been on the podcast before, uh, two great, awesome people. And I was like, Hey, do you want to ride a bike while I run forever? And they both said yes with little convincing. Um, and then I also (laughs) side note, I also had been working on cameras and I bought like a little gimbal for my phone and doing some video work and just experimenting with telling a story that way. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to film this. This is crazy enough. I should film it so I can share it with family and friends. And so I convinced them to (laughs) help me with that too, which they were awesome. Uh, There's a fun video recounting the whole ordeal uh, on YouTube. But so everything's lined up. I got, I got it all going. Um, But then actually running it was so much fun uh mindset wise especially after and a little bit during there's a point in there i just wanted to quit um but i wanted to run a marathon because i wanted to illustrate to myself that pain number one is temporary um as you're running it can be painful but as soon as you go another minute you're not feeling the pain from the last minute like it's whole new you're good. You keep going. And when I kept running, the pain got worse, but I'm sitting what two weeks after and I backed normal. Um, it's just another proof that pain is temporary. Um, and ultimately very temporary when we die and, and, (laughs) and move on from this physical, physical earth. And so as I'm running it, that helped me to keep going and to prove to myself, Hey, you know what? you keep going for this goal. You want to accomplish this. You keep running. You're going to be fine. Keep going. And so that was fun to be able to look back and say, I've run a marathon. And this is what I learned that pain is temporary. And that with endurance came all this ability that I didn't even know I had. I've never run over half a marathon before. And so my body my mind was able to do things that I did not really <laughs> even think possible. In my mind, I wasn't sure when I started if I would finish or not. I was going to try. I wasn't sure if you were going to finish either, honestly, dude. It was it was a little nuts, but I had, I had hope. Yeah, it was so far out that I had no idea. And so I loved even proving that to myself, that my limit is higher than I think it is. In running, I showed that I could go further than what I thought I could do. And so I want to apply that to my mental, to my spiritual, to where, you know what, safely to do stuff, uh, you know, by the book, 
some things might seem impossible, but if you really go for it, you give it all your effort, you're going to end up further than you ever thought you could, <laughs> if that makes sense. And so running this marathon helped show that uh, to myself and then in the video to hopefully show that to others um, is another thing just to inspire people. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> mainly I wanted to run a marathon and I wanted to be able to say I'm a marathon runner. But then out of it came mm -hmm. a lot more lessons that I didn't necessarily plan on um, that I'm letting affect me and letting me um, pursue other things with the same intensity and focus as I did running that long um, in a row because I know it's possible. Like It's possible. I've done it. I've done it here. It's possible in other areas. So it's really helped <laughs> discipline in other areas that I didn't even think it would really affect. But it's like, you know what? You've done this. Why can't you do this? And so it gives me that extra motivation um, to be disciplined um, just from that one experience. And I'm, I'm probably going to do something like it down the road, maybe with training, so I can actually not be sore for two or three days afterwards. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a great experience, and yeah, I couldn't walk the next day. Like I could wobble. I was like a penguin wobbling back and forth. <laughs> um, but yet I was so happy knowing I had done it, and then being able to recover and appreciate just walking. Like it's just so cool um, that hmm. the Lord let me experience that, and that. I didn't tear a muscle real bad or anything like that. Um, but yeah, those are the main things I learned from that one. And yes, it's an extreme that I wouldn't recommend to most people. I would to some, I'd tell some people, Hey, if you want to do it, go do it. Uh, but not everybody needs to run a marathon to be disciplined, but it would be fun to see a bunch of people go find, I guess their marathon, their, their endurance to show to themselves they got more in them than they think they do. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, those, those are the big ones. And then, yeah, God made us incredibly awesome. Like how I could do that, have muscles cramp and then how I could be in pain the next day because of the healing process. And then my muscles healing over time to back to where I am now. It's like, I can't explain how all that worked, but it did. Like there's so many <laughs> levels like, get down to the cell level of your body. It just blows, blows your mind. Um, and so, yeah, if I didn't want to be in pain the next day, I should have trained. I should have done a lot of other things, but yet like God is so cool and so good that he lets our bodies do stuff like that and enables them to be able to pull off great feats that just seem impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really so yeah, that's the most recent. That's really awesome, dude. Um one thing I was like, you legit I don't know what else you got up your sleeve, but I don't think you really have many excuses now for not trying anything like out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but by the end of the summer I I might be trying something similar with, with something like a half of a bike, but Ooh. We'll see how that goes. Ooh, I, I see. <laughs> Stay tuned for yeah. part, uh, I don't know, whenever. And I guess we'll see. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm training a little bit. I'm training, I'm training in some areas for that one already. That I, I am excited. Hype train starting now. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing I would say is, really do go watch that video um 
I think it's uh, Jonathan Dockweiler. That's D-O-C-K-W-E-I-L-E-R, if I'm not mistaken. Um, search for that on YouTube for running a marathon without training. Um, John, let me uh, film everything. So that was really fun. It's also a little bit hard. I'm not going to lie. Biking a marathon <laughs> without training is not fun either. Um you did such a good job though like it's great if you do go watch it go go give kurt some love in the comments for great filming because i could not have put that video together without people like ben and kurt to come along and help even my parents so you had a lot of help it was awesome and yeah even dude ben ben he like uh, hopped off his bike like halfway through it was like i'll just run the rest of it with you why not you know so, yeah, he ran he ran the last 10 miles with me which was awesome he he's a great dude but yeah john john put a lot of work into that video and did some great editing and stuff like it's it's well worth the watch the other thing i kind of wanted to touch on and this is more of a like what are your thoughts on this um but you, you mentioned how pain is like temporary, right? And I I agree with that statement um, where, you know, especially physical pain, right? Where, you know, if I stub my toe on the door, it's, it's going to kill for about two minutes and then I'll be fine after that. Um, but the other thing that I think it does make it harder is like things like emotional pain, right? Where maybe you had something that happened to you and like you i don't know like maybe you went through a breakup or someone died in your family or something like that right where those kinds of pains tend to last more right they don't uh just fade away and your body doesn't heal in the same way with emotional pain and same goes for like uh some people like who have chronic pain right where uh there's i know some people who like have always have headaches right their whole life like they just that's just how they live because it won't go away um and so i think there's a lot of aspects you could look at with pain but i think in that area of physical pain i think that is definitely addressed and even in these areas also where ultimately right like especially for for the Christian, right? Where when you die, eventually you'll, you, you go to heaven. Right. And that's when there is no more pain, right? That pain, no matter what you had initially in your life is now gone. That's really awesome. Um, yeah. Just curious for your thoughts on that topic. Yeah. I'll expand just a little bit. Um, because yeah, physical pain is probably one of the quickest healing um, but uh, a nice parallel to draw from running a marathon to those other pains. Um, I was well aware of the pain I was in. I could feel it. I knew <laughs> mile 15, my legs were shot. Uh, I think I got one of my first cramps in my thigh on mile 15. Mm -hmm. By the mm -hmm. end of the marathon, yep. I had cramps in quads, thighs, calves, ankles. I don't think my toes cramped, but about everything on my legs that could cramp <laughs> had cramped at some point. Um, and I was aware of that. And I even, I did things to help alleviate that. I'd stop and stretch. I'd walk a bit. I would um, 
sometimes just collapse too because when i went down on all fours the cramps would go away a bit um but in the long term in the broad scope i never let that pain be in control um Mm. to where it was making the decisions for me um i still had my main goal which was to run 26.2 miles and that was what it was going to define how i acted i i listened and i dealt with the pain but i never let it go you know what this is painful this pain says i should just quit right now i never let that shut me off and i think emotionally i think especially emotionally that true that can be true for you too where you you can be very aware that you're emotionally hurt and you can deal with it and you can go help alleviate it but never get to a place where that pain is defining you where that pain is controlling you or making you lash out um and don't put it in the driver's seat of your car <laughs> put it in the back so you can listen to it but still hold on to that wheel or let jesus hold on to it you can maybe be middle seat pain back seat jesus front seat that's good that's a good car right there and uh, beat tesla any day you got like a whole minivan or something <laughs> anyway keep going and so with that with the pain and chronic pain ultimately for the christian believer our hope is in the imperishable. It's in heaven. So all this pain is going to serve to that end goal. And so in that, we can rejoice. You touched on James earlier. James talks about that mm-hmm. a lot, especially in the first chapter. And and so, yeah, the pain is temporary is a good mindset to realize, and it helps with endurance um, when you can look to the future and have hope. I could look to the future and know I'm going to cross that finish line and I could look to the future and know, you know what, I'm probably going to heal from this and be a normal 20-year-old guy and not a stiff-walking old man that I was the day after. Um, <laughs> and so that having that future mindset, that future mindset is so important, um, and it helps with that discipline to endure. So that would be my, my quick touch-up on that, because it is a great point to point out that there is lots of different types of pain. but um they are temporary and you can endure it so Mm -hmm. i think also this won't directly apply but it just popped in my head um i there's a quote i'm not gonna remember who it's by um but the essence is in every i think i use it in my video in the end um is the everybody has to feel pain and you can choose what type of pain it is, whether it's the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. So if I would have quit running, I would have had the pain of regret. Like there's still going to be pain. I might've stopped the physical pain, but there would have been other pain involved. Or I could let the, the pain of discipline have its full course as scripture talks about when God disciplines us and it turning out into righteousness and his holiness if we are trained by it. Um, I'm going to have to look for the reference of that verse, but no, that's Hebrews 12, um, 12 chapter 10, verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So being able to even recognize that, that there's, there's a point and picking which pain you want to, to go through. And I can tell you firsthand that the pain from running to finish was much 
much better than when I have quit and not completed what I wanted to complete. And this is on just a simple, easy topic of a physical goal, let alone apply that to spiritual goals. So that'd be my last side note to it. No, I think that's great. Um, I was actually going to bring up the the Hebrews verse, but you, you beat me to it there. So yeah, where the... Uh, <laughs> was it something you said no discipline seems like pleasant at the time but it reaps a reward in the end um and yep. i think yep. i think that's a really good point as far as like emotional or chronic pain goes where there are different types of pain in your life that are harder to deal with right they they last longer they linger um but I think that's a really great point of even those those things you don't you don't have to let them control how you live your life. Um, so even having self discipline within that to say, hey, this this pain is real. It's not saying that these things don't exist. It's just saying that they don't have to define you. Um, the other thing along that, like I think you, you know, pain pain is unfortunately like pain is just a part of our our fallen world right now um i think pain is also just a really great opportunity to grow though um because you're like you're tested in ways that you know you can see for yourself like what you're really made of um and grow from that so i don't know just a lot a lot of really good thoughts there um and I think it as wild as it was, I think you you learned well from this experience. For sure, yeah. So you had the the running the marathon, but we're not done yet, because like I said, John John's a little he's a little extra. What about the what about another thing you did where uh you you did not eat food for a certain number of time how, how what's the scoop with that <laughs> uh yeah so um in college i was able to try fasting which i hadn't really done before um mm-hmm. not for any particular reason it's just never really thought about it but when you're cooking all your own meals you can be like oh maybe i just won't cook and i'll just not eat and so uh, I think it was it was back in the fall. There was time and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just try going for two days. Well, I didn't even say that. I just did not eat. <laughs> it was at night, so I didn't eat supper. And then the next day, I'm like, I should just fast. And so then I fasted the next day. I'm like, I can make it two days. So I did two days. Then I went and ate Panda Express. It was amazing. Oh, I mean, it's always amazing there, but. Um, I think it's questionable. Uh, I didn't have food in a while and it was a weird feeling I never felt before. Um, but it was, it was intriguing. And so that was my first experience with not, not eating food. I was still drinking water and drinking Gatorade to make sure my electrolytes were good. Cause I have problem keeping liquid and I have to eat extra salt to retain fluid and that stuff already. So I wanted mm-hmm. to be healthy in that way, just go without the the food intake and that that sugar that you're just always constantly eating. So that was my first <laughs> no pun intended taste 
of fasting. Uh, nice. uh, but, uh, okay, I'm going to crack up just because <laughs> that was intended, but it came late. Anyway, um, <laughs> so time passes, and I want to do it again. And so I do a little bit of research and, like, find out, hey, like, what, how long can you go? Is what's healthy for your body? Is there a danger point? Is there... What are the benefits? Because there's actually a lot of benefits with fasting when you start reading up on it, um, which I'll maybe get into a few of them. I'm not a scientist, but um, so I decided, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go five days. <laughs> I wanted to go five days without food, still doing the water and Gatorade occasionally, um, strictly to maintain electrolytes. Um, but that was my plan and I had it set up to where I was coming back from a trip. So I didn't have much like groceries bought anyway. And so it fit out perfectly. Practically it made sense. I think it was even in between when I had to ref for my job because I was also official. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and so I didn't have to do anything strenuous, uh, strenuous that way. So everything lined up well. So I'm going to do it. Um, and so it was, is fun because through that progress um let's see i'd figure up between prep work eating and then cleaning i probably saved oh i don't know i'd say a good eight maybe nine hours out of those five days i'd normally be doing one of those three things that i now had on my hands because i wasn't i wasn't eating i was not doing that um which sounds crazy. Um, but I had that time and I spent it on reading books, um, Bible. I had a few other really good books I went through or started um, and really focused on uh, being mentally sharp and focusing on something other than my belly that was saying, hey, I'm hungry, feed me. Um, but uh, what what scientifically, as you go, your body starts uh, shutting down all the processes need needed to intake food, process it, get you your energy you need. You start shutting those things down because you're not using them, um, which is just amazing that your body can recognize that, start doing stuff, goes goes back to God and his awesome creation again. Um, but it shuts those things down and it starts um, finding energy elsewhere and your stored fats and your stored, um, I can't think of the other word. It's not like it's just eating your fats and you're going to be muscly at the end of it. But it's it's <laughs> taking stored energy instead of actually um, stored energy versus food energy that just is immediate and it breaks it down, gives you energy. It starts using a completely different type of energy. And so – and I could feel the difference. So day two, day three um, was a lot of fun because – I still was doing everything normal and I hadn't eaten for a while and I was used to the feeling by then. And there was this different energy. Like it just felt different. I still was doing things I would normally do, but it was just a different, <laughs> a different feeling to it. It was weird. It's really hard to explain. Um, but day three, I would advise everybody to do it at least two, like three days. Um, because by day three, uh, everything has worked through your system. So you no longer have any food in your body. Um, 
which is just kind of a cool fact. Like how many times in my life have I had no food in my body, which one is amazing that the Lord provides like that. And that I've been so blessed to always have food. Um, just something I never even think about or give thanks for all of a sudden was much more aware to me. And I was like, this is, this is really cool. Thank you, God. Um, mm. so by that time, everything gone. And then you're like, okay, this is legit. I still got two more days to go. Um, and fourth day, not anything crazy. Fifth day was really rough for me. And I'm not sure why. Um, cause what I've read, you can go a lot longer than five days. Now, granted that's people that are used to doing it. And I would guess didn't really, I wasn't used to fasting that much. Um, but I think I maybe failed on hydration a little bit, but it was a rough day. Like it was, <laughs> I felt like I was going to die. It almost felt like, um, but I stuck it out. I was like, you can do it. You should be good. Everything checks out. You know, you got fruit in the fridge when you start, when, <laughs> when you start eating, just wait for the fruit. Uh, so I <laughs> laid around and did barely anything physical that day. Um, and so it was an awesome time of just extra time one. And then it was bringing my mind to be more aware about something that I normally don't ever even think about. I'm hungry. I go grab a granola bar. I'm hungry. I go cook this. I'm hungry. I just do that. And so it's really helped since then to be much more mindful what I am eating, when I'm eating it and why I'm eating it. Um, and I don't have much of a, like any eating disorders or problems that way, but I feel like I've been much healthier in my choices and in the amounts. Cause I think that's the biggest problem people get in trouble is how much they're eating. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's the long-term, just fun science stuff I've learned, but fifth day, uh, I had to eat fruit because <laughs> by that time, all your systems shut down. So it can't digest your heavier things that we're used to eating. So fruit is a very easily digestible item. And it took probably about five days to get back into a rhythm of normal eating because I was eating small amounts and you'd be full really quick. And so it's just a whole bunch of different experiences and feelings I've never felt before. So it was fun to feel those. And then the food tasted amazing after you've not eaten anything for that long like <laughs> i think i ate a yogurt and my eyes about popped out of my brain <laughs> no okay i legit so i have a picture of you eating this yogurt and i don't know maybe i'll put this in a, for the youtube video anyway but yeah your your eyes yeah, are just yeah. lit up you're like oh this is so good <laughs> <laughs> like it was and so, and even something that small like to stop and appreciate how good food tastes like what an awesome gift that like food tastes um like it's so cool it's so amazing and i had a whole new understanding of it um so fasting um you can do it for lots of different reasons health spiritual to be more mentally in line you can do it for lots of things but the biggest thing for me was having more time and becoming aware of things that I had come, I, I became accustomed to. I was used to them. And so mm -hmm. to take that away and then be able to reappreciate it at a whole new level, um, even a simple thing like Bible verse, like um, man should not live on bread alone, but the word of God, like something, uh, some passages like that. I had read those a bunch of times, 
But when I stopped eating for five days, I now had a very, very physical reminder of what it feels like to go without something like that that you need and to then apply that to when I'm not reading my Bible, why everything feels the way it does. It's because I'm not getting what I need. And that's the word of God and the words of God. And so it, it expanded and gave me new new understanding, a further deeper understanding of some biblical truths like that. Um, and so it was a lot of fun to be able to have the discipline and to write it out and do something that not a lot of people have done, but I'd highly recommend it. Um, there's ways to make sure you're being super safe if you want to make sure you got all the right levels of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go without physical food uh, was was a very huge huge thing for me. And it's, it's, I'd like to think it's still affecting how I live. I think I've fallen back into previous temptations and lackluster. I'm not always amazed when I eat food anymore, but now and then I still (laughs) think about it and I'll probably be doing it again at some point just because it did just, it sharpened it, it helped me see things in much clearer light that I didn't see before. Well, trust me, I am still always amazed whenever I eat ribs. Um, that that is still a fact for me. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, I also so I I have done a twenty four hour fast, um, which is honestly very easy to do and extremely minimal in consequences. Um, for me, it was like. I think I, I started in the morning and right around supper time, I was like feeling hungry. Um, but then kind of throughout the evening, it just kind of was, was just this like general feeling of like, Hey, my stomach's kind of empty, but I'm not like super hungry anymore. Like eventually it kind of numbed it out where it wasn't as bad. Um, so I would say, you know, 24 hours, if you just got something you need to focus on and really want to be intentional, I think removing food as a distraction is an easy way um, to do so. I, like you said, I think probably you need to go more into that two to three day range to actually feel some of the the greater effects of like um, what hunger is like. And then anything beyond that, I, I would like suggests that you that you at least research what you're getting into right where you know like okay this is how i can keep my body like from like actually literally dying which you you won't in five days in most cases but um <laughs> no but it's still like not create like any serious harm to your body in that case um and i know i've heard tons of stuff about people being like, Oh, this like intermittent fasting is bad. Or I've heard, you know, just, uh, fasting will create eating disorders and things like that. I, you know, I, I don't have, I'm not a scientist, right. I don't have the official opinions. I think there's definitely a place for fasting. Um, but you should be smart about it. I guess that's my my simple take. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you research that a little bit more. I, I, there's some great just physical benefits from doing it occasionally. 
um, research is backing up intermittent fasting a lot more than it's going against it. Um, mm-hmm. And if you do get used to it, it can uh, help with focus where people are, are they've done it with some tests, like people taking tests and if they fasted before or not, it can help with your mental focus. Um, now that's probably not going to happen your first time fasting. Um, but there is some of that flight, the flight or fight, as I think psychology likes to define it or whatever that your body goes into and it can be very beneficial. But then you also realize that after that you do replenish, you do focus on the right things. You don't immediately jump into junk food. Like mm-hmm. it's, you got to do the full process. You can't just not eat and then eat terribly. Like, you're just setting yourself up for some failures there, but highly suggest doing it. I appreciated the extra time and really appreciated the, the imagery, the more imagery I got when I read scriptures dealing with hunger and dealing with thirst. Um, anytime that came up, I have a much more clear picture, much more clear picture. That's a lot of words there, but it's <laughs> very vivid. And that's something that's probably the most beneficial thing I got out of that that experience it was that better picture um and that's why i would encourage other people to do it um that and just physical reasons it can be very beneficial yeah i was gonna say um perspective is 100 percent the thing where yeah you already talked about you know like uh reading those verses and being like oh hey like this is different now that i actually know what it's like to like have a different sense of like oh i'm hungry right that's that takes a different meaning when you haven't eaten for for four hours versus i haven't eaten for five days um and the other thing is you know this this is gonna sound a little cliche but like let's be real okay people in america by and large right we we do have it really nice like we i don't know there's never been a time, at least for my family, right, where we've had to be like, hey, we don't have food to put on the table right now. Maybe it wasn't the food I liked all the time. You know, maybe we had to make sandwiches because we forgot to buy groceries <laughs> or something. Like that. But it was still always there. But that's not the case for a lot of people in the world where they like literally are starving or maybe they only get one meal like a week or something like that. And in a very small sense to be able to, to empathize with those kind of people, I think would be a really beneficial thing just to get better perspective mm-hmm. on the world. Yep. And then in the long run, if we do lose it, the Lord says to not worry about such things as what you will wear, what you'll eat, like those things. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Cause he takes care of the birds. He'll take care of us. And so to have that comfort there, um, and kind of have that in mind when you're purposely not eating, you can go, even if I didn't have a choice and I had no food, the Lord is still going to take care of me, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. Yeah. Those are my, uh, my favorite verses. That's Matthew six twenty five through 34. You should go and look them up. Um, yeah. The, the biggest thing with this one, I would, I would emphasize really being careful depending on how severe you go with it. Right. I mean, 24 hours, no big deal Um, for an extended period of time. Cause even you, like you, you did a lot of research and stuff beforehand. Like you prepared, you took care of your body and stuff. But I think even then, like there's, was it after you ate, there's like, you, you like 
passed out for half a second or something. I remember you took you took a Snapchat and sent it to me, and you were like lying on the floor, like <laughs> I think I just blanked out for like a second. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I never passed out during, but I ate some fruit, the first thing I tasted, and then I stood up too fast from my chair, and I was just weak. Like, my legs felt weak from not eating. And I think mm-hmm. I, I didn't do well hydrating or something. The fifth day was rough, like I mentioned earlier. But I had food. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to start recovering. I stood up, <laughs> heading for the door, and I just collapsed. And then <laughs> I opened my eyes. I'm on the ground. I caught myself, so I'm not, like, all bruised up. I was like, well, yeah. I'm not going to move for a bit, but I should tell Kurt I'm on the ground just in case he opens the door and sees me dead in here. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's yes, thank, there thank was you for the warning. physical things <laughs> yeah, that, that took place. But even even then, it was fun to, <laughs> to kind of mm-hmm. feel that way because that even gave me appreciation for how I normally feel and and how when you're normal, that feels so good. And, and so, yeah goes back to my biggest takeaway other than different perspective is that thankfulness for the normal thankfulness for the routine thankfulness for all these things that (laughs) we so easily go like nose blind eye blind whatever you want to call it too and we just forget (laughs) that they're already given they're such great gifts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we can we can go on the last one if if you're ready for that oh yeah i mean let's let's do it Okay, so we've talked, we've, the ones we've talked about so far have been, I think, a combination of like both physical and mental like discipline, right? And that's kind of what we've been talking about as a whole, like training both your mind and your body. This one, I think, is, I let you choose the last one because I could only think of two examples off the top of my head. And I was like, hey, you got a good third example. Um And so this is the one that you chose. And I think this is primarily mental discipline. And I think it has a lot of history behind it too. So there was, I don't remember exactly when, sometime in the fall, but there was a day where John, John, what did you do on that day? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I took a PS4 that I spent good money on and I, I threw it away and before I threw it away I took a hammer to it just so nobody else could use it I didn't really need to destroy it but I don't know part of it was it felt good part of it was like nobody else is going to use it and so Mm -hmm. I threw away this thing into the trash can so John why did you do that that was like that was like 300 bucks or something Probably even more when you bought it. I think you bought it yeah. earlier than I did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, some of my friends thought I had completely lost it. Um, but <laughs> throwing some backstory, it'll make sense. Um, All right, what's the backstory? Growing up, I'd play video games with my brother mainly. We had a PS2 given to us as a family uh, from one of my babysitters, yeah. I think, actually. Um, and so we'd play sports games because that's the only game my brother would like. And he was pretty good at it, so he could beat me most of the time. Uh, until, until I made, I figured out how you could customize a football team, so I boosted all the stats <laughs> on, I think it was the Texas Longhorns. And I beat him for a couple months straight, and he was getting ticked off. So then I told him, and then he was even more upset. 
Uh, but then we fixed it, and then I I went back to losing. So that's that's a fun story for you. Um, <laughs> but we'd play that, and it was it was a fun fun bonding way. Like we we're in the same room doing it. Uh, something he could do, and even if he was like tired, and I'm the young kid bouncing off the walls, and he's been in school all day. Um, and so lots of fun. Um, time goes on. Uh, I grow up a little bit. He's even more busy, so we don't do it as often. And we never upgraded consoles. We never did anything like that. Um, and so we're left with options to play video games. Is like 2005 NCAA football. And it's like 2013 nice. and it's like, okay, it's a really good game. Probably the best football game ever. I could be biased. Actually, I know I'm biased because that's all I ever played. Um, well, that in 2007 Madden, but with, uh, no, that one 2002 Madden on it. is where it's at. No, 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 no. 2002, may as well play a game. I played board. that one with my older brother. <laughs> what? No. Hey, there you go. Actually, I would rather play a game. Game, game Boy's great. And so that's background with video games, but my brother's older than me, three years. I think we maybe mentioned that already. And so he went off to college, which leaves just me in the house and my parents. And so over Black Friday, I went and bought a PS4 um, with a bunch of games and different stuff. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's when video games started to become a problem for me. Hmm. mainly i would come home and i would just play video games because i didn't have much going on i didn't have tons of responsibilities at home like i had a few and i'd get them done um but then it's like well what should i do i'll just play video games um it was just fun entertainment i'd play with some friends now and then uh fortnite came out uh i don't know if you guys remember that or not uh <laughs> <laughs> um but <laughs> it came out and literally i think it was season two i had a friend trying to convince me to play it and it looked so dumb so i didn't get it by season three i had it and i was pretty much hooked on that game because it was really good season three probably the best season ever i got the john wick skin not gonna brag or anything hopefully it still means something i don't know maybe it doesn't <laughs> uh back in the day it meant something and so i i played a lot um two three hours maybe average a day and maybe more on weekends um and so i just did that and that went for let's see i would have got it started junior year or was it sophomore year it might have been sophomore year i'd have to look for sure because you took it on the junior trip and that was that was fairly i don't think you'd had it for a long time so it would have been junior year yep Yep, junior year. Yeah, like I even took it on our school trip so we could play it in the dorm room together with some of my friends. Um, and so like this thing had become a piece of me very quickly. By the time senior year comes around, even into the spring, um, so almost done with school, i not sure what, but something set off in me and I started looking back at all these hours, and I mean hours, um, compiled it would be days of playing and I'm like, what do I have to show for it? That was the main question I would ask myself. And I had tons of fun times. Um, I remember laughing hysterically a bunch with friends and I remember um, enjoying the games that I would play. I uh, enjoy like play some Minecraft fun, fun 
and we'd build some stuff. Like I enjoyed that. Like there's a lot of good things. Yeah, I think we still have that world around there somewhere. Yeah, we might. Um, it'd be kind of fun to go look at it and laugh. Um, <laughs> but I came back and I just didn't have anything other than that. And I'm like, well, I can get that other places way better way faster and so i i looked in that one verse we brought up earlier ephesians 5 the making the best use of your time i was Mm -hmm. like i video games for me is not the best use of my time this is not i'm not being healthy i'm not like looking back now i'm like being at college and then coming back like i should have been way more uh involved with my parents helping with the dishes helping do different stuff, listening to them, talking to them about my day instead of just coming home, putting on a headset and watching a TV for two hours, playing games with my friends. Like I have a lot of regret of not doing stuff because when you go to college, you realize, oh, you know what? They were really important to me and they still are and they did so much for me. And what did I do? I just sat there. I didn't do anything. And so mm-hmm. back up to the spring, I'm looking at it and I can't find anything. And and I am kind of an all-in or all-out guy, so I <laughs> I wrote myself an angry note just in case I'd open it up in the future, <laughs> and I packed the PlayStation away. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm cutting it out because I had tried playing a little less, and that didn't work because I always just play more. And so I I packed it up, I put it in the corner, and <laughs> that week this is a much longer conversation. We won't get into it, but that week I felt awful like i had headaches i had basically any symptom of withdrawal that there is um i had it which i video games can easily be addictive um very simply they they from all my studies i'll break it down as fast as possible because that's not the main point of the story um (laughs) was i was i was getting dopamine uh which is pleasure it's not it's not dr- some people are like oh dopamine it's just like drugs you're on you're on crack or whatever it's like no it's built in your brain <laughs> for when you for when you do actual things so when you go do a hard work day like your brain will release that and make you feel good it's that that accomplished feel when you get something done that is attributed to the chemical or hormone whatever i don't know what it's called dopamine and video games easily tap into that to when you accomplish a mission when you win the game, when you do different things, your brain triggers that. And it's very easy to fall into that routine of getting that feeling from the video game where in reality, you're sitting in a chair moving your hands. Um, and so I, that week, not playing it, my, my brain and my body was like, wait, hold up, what, what's going on here? And did not like me. Um, mm-hmm. But I maintained that. I think I got it out once and played it a little bit more one day. I think that's it. Um, and that was like a month later. I played some Minecraft to build and do stuff. And I was going to have a controlled feeling of it. But then when I played it even more, I'm like, you know what? I can't control it. I don't have the discipline to restrain myself and do what I need to do. So I'm like, you know what? It's going back in the box. You should listen to that letter. This day has been a waste. So I packed it back up. And from that point, over that period of not playing video games, my life um, completely changed. Uh, course and direction because here's two three hours that i did not have before because i was spending them on entertainment and my pleasure i had to find something to do so i was reading books i was playing games with my parents i was um 
going on runs or walks or things that I don't wouldn't normally go do is sitting outside enjoying nature. Um, over the summer, I had to find whole new hobbies because I wasn't, I didn't have that easy, you know what, I'll just do this for a couple hours. Like I had to be creative. And that has honestly been one of the biggest factors to all these crazy things that I've ended up doing and, and focusing on discipline and focusing on trying new things that stems from this one big choice of realizing I can't control this. I need to get rid of it. And, Hmm. and so I did, I came back from college one weekend and I had video game consoles and stuff. And you know what? I'm like, I'm not using it. I don't want to (laughs) cause anyone else that would struggle with the same thing I struggled with. I don't want to cause them. So I'm like, I don't even want to sell it because I don't want to cause another kid to be missing out on this wonderful adventurous life you can have. And so I was like, well, that means I just got to get rid of it. So I beat it up and threw it away. Um, (laughs) And it was (laughs) quite satisfying. And it was, it's been fun to see what, what the the act of I don't know if you even call it the act of discipline to know you're not disciplined enough, <laughs> but knowing I could not control that and so I I got rid of it and um been crazy I've done things I never would imagine including two examples we've talked about like stuff that when it even came came across my intention because I would have been too focused on the newest Fortnite dance or the newest skill or trying to improve there. And, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. been a godsend and I totally thank him for putting that inclination in my heart to ask, what is this doing? How is this serving me? Like that was from God. And I thank him for, for <laughs> being able to get out of it. And I hope a uh, long run to be able to help other people. Uh, in the similar shoes, having done, been on both sides where I was playing all the time and enjoying it versus not playing and totally enjoying it. So that's the one, the one bigger area, the extreme, I guess we're calling them that I want to talk about (laughs) because it, it was huge. It was a huge, it's basically the phone on steroids for me. It was a much worse problem than my phone and the ability just to cut it out. It was just great. And worth it 100 percent. i'd encourage anybody to do it you're gonna get weird looks but <laughs> you know strive forward to the goal ahead and the imperishable wreath mm-hmm. like i could have i could have kept winning Fortnite. i wasn't that good but i had i had a few wins i could have kept doing that kept getting <laughs> those things but those things mean nothing absolutely nothing so that's that's my my last extreme at least for this podcast Um, and it's, it's been cool to see how God's used, God's used that in my life, um, to better serve him. So I've done a lot of talking. I need to take a breath. (laughs) I know (laughs) you'll, you'll be all right. Get, get, get some water, maybe. Yeah. I have to get some water and I'm just listening. Um, (laughs) I think I really liked that, that point that you brought up uh recognizing that some things in life like some temptations right are just so hard to control right where you could maybe look at no i can do it like i can be disciplined in this area but 
if like the history, like if the facts don't back that up, right, where you can look back in your life and be like, well, I said I could and I haven't been able to for the past so many months, right? Where maybe it's like time just to cut it out all entirely. Like, and that in itself, like you said, is is its own discipline to have the to have the the willpower to be like, all right, nope, we're just gonna chop it off. I think that's a that's also from Matthew, if I'm not mistaken, like the Sermon on the Mount, as far as like not exactly the same context at all, but like the you know, if your if your hand causes you to stumble, then then cut it off, or if your eye causes you to stumble, then gouge it out like you know and not saying to go you know mutilate your body right (laughs) but like the the imagery behind that as far as whatever it is that is causing you to not be pursuing the path you should be like it needs to to get out of your life so i think that's really cool yeah exactly if (laughs) following christ which is the sole thing that identifies me that I'm striving for. I'm not always perfect. I make mistakes, but following Christ is not a part-time job. (laughs) I can't (laughs) follow something else and serve him. And video games was taken over. It it wasn't taken over. It had taken over. And Mm -hmm. I encourage not everybody struggles with video games. There's plenty of other areas that I fail and I know other people fail in, but when you're failing, I I remember trying little increments to try to work from failing to less failing to I've got this under control and it would work for a bit and then I'd go right back to failing. Like I never could get that mm-hmm. progress. And so what I found was by getting rid of it, jumping straight to the end, getting rid of it, then after I had learned what it was like without it, bringing it back in was much better way of being in control of it after going without it and that's where i i did bring it back in and then realized eh, i don't really have i don't like it it's not a value of me i don't see it helping me and so then i never brought it back in that was Mm -hmm. how i decided to control it um if i would have gone okay let's try it oh this does have value to me i would have kept some of it and so i i encourage and this is the way i found success in things like this is go to the extreme learn to live without and then work it back into a healthy level don't try to gradually get to a healthy level because you're never going to get there Mm -hmm. no i would i would concur with that sentiment because they're like i think i i've had similar struggles um at various points in my life where i i remember there was one one week in the summer where like I just felt like I'd been playing a lot. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to play for this week. And it was weird because some of my friends were like, dude, what what are you doing? Like, why did you do that? I'm like, well, I just, I thought I was playing too much, right? And I would say you got to go more than a week, right? A week was a nice break, right? But if you want to actually see like the effects of your life without something, I mean, you I'd argue probably like at least a month, like maybe longer. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist or whatever. I don't know what your opinion on how long you'd have to go would be. Yeah, I would go a month or longer. 
Um, and you'll be surprised what that turns into, especially if what you're taking out is truly a negative that you think it is, because you're going to start seeing the positives fill its place, especially if you're intentional. So I was intentional mm -hmm. instead of, I didn't go, okay, I'm not playing video games. Now I'm going to watch all the movies I want. Like I was intentional <laughs> with the time that I had taken, uh, taken away from this negative. And so take away the negative, fill it with something positive, fill it with prayer, with reading God's word, with spending time with family, with getting to know your friends, finding ways to encourage them, not just in fun ways, but in spiritual ways, like doing all these things purposely in that place, you're going to find so much more joy, so much more satisfaction that you're going to look back and go, oh man, why did I do that? Why was I <laughs> such a sucker and such a under the mm -hmm. vice of whatever that thing is. Um, and I do think there's been a few things that I've worked back in. So I've gotten rid of social media at a time because I wasn't controlling it. Um, well, I was just always on the, the search page, scrolling, finding really cool, awesome stuff, whether it was cool artwork or funny memes that just mm -hmm. made me laugh, like not necessarily bad things, but they were not the best use of my time. So I got rid of it. And now I've, worked it back in to get to that healthy balance of using it for good, using it for God's glory and the connection of, of my friends and, and fellow believers and heirs in Christ. Um, and so not everything you're going to completely throw away. There's some things that you probably can completely throw away. Like I did with PS4. Um, haven't looked mm -hmm. back on it since it's been great. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do encourage month or longer of taking it away um, to really work on finding what was good about it, what was bad about it, and what can I replace it with that might be better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think honestly, the biggest thing is taking time to, this is kind of something we, I don't know if we've touched on a lot, but just to slow down in your life and like self-reflect on what is actually occupying your time, right? where with that evaluating, you can find out, hey, this is actually consuming a lot, like a large portion of my time. I'm not sure if it's actually beneficial, right? That's what like vices are. They're things that just eat you away that really like you just need to get out of your life. Um, and those can be very like there's ton tons of different vices, right? Um, but whatever it is, I think I think you're you're on to it. Cut it out. See what makes it. See if there is any good in it, right? And if you can salvage it or not, or maybe it just needs to go entirely. Um. So me personally, like we did this. Uh, it was like the the third podcast I think is about video games. I talked with a couple of friends um about why we play games and the good and the bad and all that stuff um personally i i, I don't think video games are um i don't think video games are are bad by necessity but i've seen over the course of my life probably more harm than good with them i wouldn't say everyone should you know just throw everything away but you 100 percent should take that time to evaluate and find out hey 
is this something that needs to go or not? Like I've found value in some ways. And part of, part of the reason I'm saying this is because I'm streaming later tonight, once a week with a couple of friends just so we can hang out. But <laughs> that's, I have to, I have to justify myself, but if it ever gets to the point of, Hey, this really is, is not good. It, in video games and anything, honestly, in TV, I know a lot of people who, like to binge watch Netflix, right? Um, whatever it is, take the time to evaluate and see whether or not it needs to go. That would be kind of my my two cents on it. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So made it through all the extremes. Um, I'll give you your your last your last thoughts on any of those those three stories if there is one last thing you forgot that you need to add it otherwise i can move on i think we nailed it on those three stories i'm <laughs> i think paul talks about it somewhere i'm not gonna be able to find the verse fast enough but well actually no i think it's maybe in my closing verse in philippians but the the striving forward and going ahead like looking at those extremes or even the smaller stuff that I have been able to accomplish. That's, that's not my end goal. I didn't do it to accomplish those certain things. Like my end goal is becoming like Christ. And so, uh, Lord willing, I'm hoping that more will be added to this list and that more fruit may be produced, um, by being trained by the discipline of the Lord. And then also by self-discipline of, of being, sharp focused and set in godly holy ways um and it's been a lot of fun to have friends that are like-minded and growing and learning in these areas too because iron sharpens irons iron <laughs> can't even talk iron mm-hmm. sharpens iron um and it's it's very cool to have gone to college and met people um that are striving for the same things. Um, so that'd be the only thing I'd add a little, a little sidebar, a little clarification to some of the craziness, um, <laughs> to help, to help wrap it up and encourage other people to be trying things of similar, not even the same things, but you can find areas in your life where you can apply the same mindset to. I do want to actually follow up on that, but I had a quick question first. So, I want to know out of out of the three things you did, those three extremes, which one was the hardest? Or I mean, you could maybe you know rank them, you know, one, two, three, or whatever. Mm. Um, I'd have to say video games because of just the long haul rewiring of my mind I had to do. Hmm and change i also think it's been the most beneficial um in the long haul too uh so purpose to the pain is definitely there um but it was hard to let go of something i really enjoyed knowing and hoping that there's something better and i can tell you that there is and it's great when you fully commit to being a follower of christ and to uh living the life he calls us to um so that would be the hardest uh fasting probably be the one of the easier easiest ones there um definitely still challenging definitely still good um and probably took 
the recovery wasn't quite as bad. It was weird. But <laughs> with the marathon, uh, I mean, I suffered the consequences of not training, and I knew I would going into it. Um, mm-hmm. And so both running it and <laughs> it was – it was so unpleasant. It took about two hours for me to fully appreciate and enjoy running it. Cause normally you run two, three miles. You feel good afterwards. You're like, Oh yeah, this is great. Uh, got the endorphins, <laughs> dopamine going like this. Oh yeah. This one, I was so wrecked. I was like, okay, I did it, but this still sucks. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> time went on and I can look back, look back and I'm just like, wow, I was able to do that what an amazing experience um and so i can look back on that one with a lot of a lot of joy in my heart a lot of fun fun memories made a lot of good Mm -hmm. lessons learned um so definitely challenging (laughs) but uh so worth it too awesome okay that's that's what i was that's what i was hoping for the podcast continues in part two 